This podcast is brought to you by Core Espresso on Derby Street. Healthy, nutritious meals at your fingertips. Check it out. My name is Melissa Gearing and I am the Naked Naturopath. Thanks for listening in. Hi everybody, I'm so pleased to be here with you today recording a podcast just with you and me. Um, I do a lot of podcasts with other people and, and that's fantastic and I love it and I, you know, I love chatting to other people about what they're doing but um, it's always nice to now to get on here and just have a little chat with you one-on-one. Um, you know, I've done a lot of study and I've spent a lot of time in clinic one-on-one with people but I have never been asked so much about anything as I have about my pregnancy so I thought I would do a little podcast on it because people are very interested in, in what I'm doing and, um, you know, what I think and uh, all those kind of things. And I've n- definitely never, never considered myself an expert on it. And I still am surprised every single day by the whole experience. But it's one of those things, you know, so many people do it, so many women do it, but it's such an individual experience at the end of the day. And um, <clears throat> please, if you're listening in, remember that. Everyone's so individual and my opinion and my experience is just that. It's my opinion and my experience and everyone's experience is going to be different. <clears throat> thought, I thought I would start at the start. For me, I was incredibly sick with morning sickness Um you know, that, that was a really horrible time where I even questioned if the pregnancy was for me. Um, and, and my husband and I had been trying for uh, seven, eight months. And, um, you know, to have those feelings was really upsetting. As most of you know, I'm somebody who has experienced anxiety and, and, and depression. And, you know, you deal with that on a daily basis. Even when you're very well, you still have to manage those those symptoms and um, for me, that perfectionist tendency and to have my work taken away from me and to have my exercise taken away from me and my freedom, you know, I was I was literally stuck in bed, was a huge shock and, um, and you know, something that you, you can't imagine until you go through it. I have so many women, I see so many women and they just go, oh, yeah, my morning sickness was really bad. I don't know why they call it morning sickness because it was all day, all night. Um, you know, th- it was for me throughout Christmas, New Year period, and I couldn't enjoy any of the food. And food is something that always brings me a lot of joy in my life. So to have that taken away was <laughs> it was a very interesting experience. I'm also not a vomiter, so I think for me it was made worse by the fact that I didn't actually vomit. It was just a constant nausea. Um, so that was my first kind of introduction to, to being pregnant because I was seven weeks in before I even really realized, even though my husband was telling me at the time, you know, get a pregnancy test, you're pregnant, you're pregnant, you're pregnant. And I was going, no, don't be silly. It's going to be so hard for me. It's, you know, I've, I've got endometriosis and, you know, I've only just started taking the herbs because at this point we were, you know, we were thinking, oh, maybe I do need to treat myself again. And, um, that's fine. Herbs work really well. So put some herbs in and a couple of months later, yeah, was doing a pregnancy test. And for me, when, you know, when I'm sitting on the loo, weighing on a stick and that, that 
you know, that test lights up. I got a little digital one with it and it lights up a capital Y-E-S. Um, I still didn't believe it. And it wasn't until literally when I was, um, I don't know, 20, yeah, about 20 weeks pregnant and my, my doctor wrote a referral to the midwives and said, you know, I'm sending you a, a very healthy 28-year-old naturopath, you know, and I'm, I still am getting a bit emotional about it now that I realise that I have worked all my life to be healthy and um, this is such a natural process and why shouldn't it go well? You know, it's just that we are we probably all, we all have a friend who has lost a baba, had a miscarriage, um, you know, can't fall pregnant when they want to and that's really disheartening and I think that we all we all start to think that maybe it won't work out so well for us. And you know what, if that's the case, that's still okay. But for me it was that was a point at which I um I really had to reevaluate my thought processes throughout my, you know, from then on, um, and throughout the rest of my pregnancy because uh why shouldn't why shouldn't I think that everything will be okay and I can have a really healthy little papa and and all those things. So it's really interesting the experience because until I fell pregnant, I hadn't actually, you know, recognized those thoughts that I just assumed something would go wrong. And um, that, was, that was really interesting. I think it, it's a really common, common thought pattern in a lot of um, young women today because we see a lot of stuff go wrong. So, you know, all of all of the stuff that goes along with pregnancy and all the stuff that I, I just thought I would have a really casual chat with you about is choice and it has to be right for you. One of the biggest things for me is um, to continue exercising and I do CrossFit and I do yoga and certainly uh, that has dropped off. The intensity is not as much and, you know, the weights that I lift are nowhere near as heavy as I would have done before. Um my background's in CrossFit and, and weightlifting, so I'm very comfortable in the gym and I'm very comfortable with that. If you've never done that before, I would you you would be crazy to go and start it <laughs> during your pregnancy. But for me, that's somewhere where I'm really comfortable. I would be crazy to start running right now. That is not something that I've done for many, many years, and it's not something that my body is used to and comfortable with. I think the biggest thing moving forward with your pregnancy is that you can continue to do things that you are comfortable with and that your body is used to. You know, I'm at a point where um, CrossFit once or twice a, a week really knocks me around. It, it makes me quite tired, but it also makes my back feel great. You know, my back flares up when I don't work out. And doing yoga once or twice a week really balances that out. But there's still pain. You know, yoga is still a workout and it's still difficult. So I just need to be careful that I don't overdo it and then end up with a sore back or a sore neck or something the next day. And there are things that I, I can't do. So my yoga teacher, you know, I come to Verve where I work and I do the yoga there and everyone's incredibly supportive and I just I just still am going to my normal classes because I have a good foundation of yoga um, which I can rely on, you know. But often I'm coming out of poses early or I'll just do something else if I don't feel comfortable. And the yoga teachers are like, great work, Mel you know, good work. They actually encourage me to to do that. And that's fantastic. That's what you need. You need really great teachers who 
understand that you're at a stage when you need to do something different. If you've never done yoga before, then there's pregnancy yoga, you know, and those classes are, are very basic and they're, they're fantastic, you know, uh, to do throughout your pregnancy and to assist with your labour as well uh, moving forward. But, you know, for me, that's, it's probably a bit basic because I've done yoga for so long. So I'm still in my classes and I just check with the teachers every time. Is it okay? I'm in here. You know, I just won't do what, you know, there's a few things that I know now that you just don't do. Um, and is it okay if I come out early if I need to? And that's fine. You know, that they're really, really supportive. I did yoga this morning and I had um, a lovely lady come up afterwards and just say, you look so beautiful and you're so amazing. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, I'm just doing my thing. And it was so, so love-filled. And, um, you know, we just come out of Shavasana. So I was like, what? What'd you say? <laughs> but, you know, she's she had obviously been through her, um, had her babies and was, you know, at a stage where she's probably just coming into yoga and um, lots of women when they fall pregnant or, you know, especially if they're a little bit older now, they they would just stop doing whatever they were doing and, and sit on the, the couch and rest, which is great because you do need a lot of rest. I'm incredibly tired. Um, but there is no reason and, and, you know, my husband who's an exercise physiologist, so he, you know, he has a master's degree in using exercise as medicine, he agrees with me wholeheartedly that there is no reason why you have to stop exercising or why you can't start, you know, as long as it is within your you know your your realm and and you work within your limitations and you just forget the ego that goes along with that a lot of the time for me you know there's huge ego in lifting heavy weights you know heavier 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 but heavier and faster doesn't work for me right now I go slow and I go light and that is totally fine um and you know I'll still have my moments when I say to him you know like what's the point of going there's no point in going you know I'm I can't even do anything, and that's so untrue, but it's just, you know, you get, you feel low, um, you've got all these hormones raging through you, so that's really normal as well if you feel that way, and you know what, as soon as you get there, that's all that matters, you're there, you're in the gym, you, people, you're the people around you pick you up, you know, make your mood feel a little bit better, and you start to lighten up and, and become a little bit happier, and that anxiety um, dissipates a little bit, so it's a beautiful experience. That's, you know, that's my opinion on exercise and yoga and those things. So I'll stress again, it's my opinion. Um, now with sleep, <laughs> sleep's been really interesting. Um, and these, I've just jotted down a few points that people have asked me throughout, you know, throughout my pregnancy. Um, sleep for me is if I can get 12 hours a night and then a three hour nap during the day, I'm happy. It's been incredibly surprising how much sleep I actually need moving forward and you know a lot of my friends have said in their second trimester they had a lot of energy because they just got over their morning sickness for me I'm tired I'm really tired and that's okay and I sit with that and sometimes it makes me really sad but I need to rest and my midwife is telling me my dad's telling me and Sam's telling me <laughs> and I think I'm resting but apparently I'm not so I'm trying to do that more and it's not something that I'm very good at. 
but it's something I can work on. Um, you know, I've been having um, oh, 26 weeks now and have just started having um, the last couple of weeks Braxton Hicks. And my midwife says it's just, you know, it's just stress and it's just not resting enough. So um, I've, you know, tried to make a huge effort to do that more. And it means, you know, saying no to dinners and um, being very strict with my diary moving forward. And, you know, I can't I can't just race around and make people herbs on the day that they order them. So I've had to be like, yep, I can make that for you tomorrow. To my clients, that is fine. But to me, you know, I'm going, well, you know, I'm stressing because I have to wait till tomorrow. No, there's always tomorrow. People are always more than happy to wait. Um, and that's okay. So sleeping is so important um, for me at the moment. And I just have to sit with that and sleep and rest. And I've um, been watching a lot of Mad Men, so that's been great. Um, one of the things that's been really strong for me is, you know, I've, what they dub baby brain. And the baby brain thing is really interesting because I've been reading a lot of research about it. And, you know, to form a whole other brain, your body has to take uh, nutrients from your brain. So, you know, you're literally pulling nutrients out of your own brain to make your baby's brain which is why you feel foggy forgetful for me you know um I I go to the wrong car I can't remember where I park I'm putting my phone in the fridge those little things that you kind of laugh at but inside you're going oh what the fuck is wrong with me (laughs) I I think that's the first time I've ever sworn on my podcast um but you know that's really really common and it can be as simple as a few key supplements. So I've found an enormous, enormous difference with um, a couple of different supplements that I just play with. I don't take them every day, take them a couple of times a week. Um, and that's worked really well for me moving forward, um, you know, with the baby brain thing. The other thing that I do is I take herbs. Like, I mean, you know, I've got this enormous dispensary at my fingertips and a common misconception is that you can't take anything during pregnancy you can't take a whole lot of things that are pharmaceutical, but you can take natural medicine if you have a good naturopath. Do not go and buy things off the shelf. Uh, they're probably not worth your money and they could be do they could do you and baby damage. So you need a good naturopath, you need a good herbalist, and um, there's loads of options there. So I take my herbs as well, which I've found incredibly helpful. Um, I think with you know, with having a baby and and being pregnant, there's a lot of fear, you know, which I spoke about a little bit at the start before. Um, But the fear changes over time. You know, at the start, you you fear that you'll have a miscarriage or something go wrong or, you know, the risk factors um, at week 12 will be high or, you know, you may, you may, there may be something wrong with Baba. Um, all those kind of fears happen for you. And then as you move through the pregnancy, you start to think about actually having the baby. And then <laughs> the, fear, the fear transfers into going through labour, being in pain. Um, you know, is baby going to be in the right position? Will she be okay? Um, you know, will she be, will the cord be wrapped around her neck? You have all these fears, you know. And um, keep in mind you have so many different hormones pumping through your body that some of those are rational, some of those are irrational, um, you know, and yes, they need to be thought about, but we don't need to be taken over by them. 
something that's really helped me through a lot of that fear is, you know, my husband. Um, but also yoga has been really great for that because um, for me I use the Shavasana to picture my uh, my giving birth to Kali and that's been really powerful. There's loads of classes you can do as well to help with that um, and I've been recommended so many and so many different books that I, you know, I kind of dabble in reading and that kind of thing. Um, but you just you need to find something that works for you that's that's all it is you know you need to not get caught up in that fear and you need to find something that works for you I also take herbs that help immensely with my anxiety so that for me has made you know the world of a difference I notice when I don't take my herbs that things can really get a bit out of whack and I can (laughs) start to um, become harder to handle at home I'd say because the mood swings and the emotions are intense, you know, uh, no matter what. But then if you do have an underlying condition, um, mental health or otherwise, that can all be exacerbated uh, during pregnancy. And, um, yeah, it's definitely something that I've experienced. One of the things that Sam and I really set on is only having one bubba. And, um, you know, I was uncertain whether I would talk about this on the podcast or not, but I, I have no issue saying that one child is, is what we want and that's, that's what um, we planned and, and for me that's what I want, that's what I want to do. And, you know, I overheard him, my husband, kind of explaining it as a selfish decision to somebody on our part, you know, it's a selfish decision on our part. And um, I just thought, no, I don't. I don't think it's a selfish decision. It's a it's a well considered decision for us because we have thought about it and um, we've we've gone through all the options, uh, you know, of, of what we'd need to do if we were to have a second or a third child. And that's just not for us. I have a business. I have a business. We both work for ourselves. You know, um, my business is like a baby in itself, or <laughs> like it needs a lot of work. And I love doing what I do and. Um, for me, I've never, I've never wanted to be a stay-at-home mum. So Sam will will be a prim- the primary carer for Callie. He'll be at home with her more than me, and and that's okay. Um, you know, it's a, it's a brave new world, and and men do that, <laughs> stay-at-home dads. So he is actually really looking forward to that, and I am so looking forward to him doing that because it's. I just think it's such a beautiful thing to witness, and and I've carried her all this time so for him to look after her in you know her first stages of being you know outside of my tummy it's it's not a you know it's not a um unfair situation um so the other reasons I guess that we want to we want to have one barber is because we want to uh keep our life we want to keep our lifestyles and that means for us, we are in the gym a lot. We we exercise a lot. That's a big part of our life, and we we practice what we preach. So I'm in the kitchen a lot, and um, I know that there are some amazing freaking people who can do all of that and have multiple children. But for us, I, I don't know that that's you know the I don't know that we'd be doing Cali justice to. Um, you know, to do that, to have another child and, and to still want to do everything that we do every day and for me to be running a business and to Sam for Sam to be working for himself. So it's a well-considered, thought-out 
you know, decision that we've made. And you know what, you might be looking at me or listening to this podcast in a couple of years' time and um, I've got a second child. Who knows? Who knows what will happen in the future? But that's where we're at. Um, And, yeah, it's just really funny that for me I was really surprised at the shock on people's face when we told them that. Um, And it's become something that we probably don't say as much anymore because everyone just goes, oh, you'll change your mind. You'll change your mind. And we go, no. No, I don't think we will, um, <laughs> but who knows. But that's something that, I'm, you know, people have definitely asked us about a lot. I think, you know, one of the best ways to overcome all the fear and and all of the, the worry for me has been arming myself with knowledge, and that's something I've done throughout my whole life. And, you know, why I'm very good at what I do is because, I arm myself with knowledge and I have a very good capacity for memory and um you know for me like that's that's something I do with my herbs and my supplements and I and I love that but for baby time I, I really knew nothing I don't I don't deal with pregnant women um I deal with fertility for sure but um I haven't ever worked really with once they get pregnant they don't need me anymore so um, I hadn't I hadn't really been exposed to a whole lot of pregnancy nuances. Certainly to children, I've you know uh, love little bubbers and have been around little bubbers my whole life, newborns, you know, and so on, and um, spend a lot of time with my my goddaughters and and my nieces and and all that kind of thing. But knowledge uh, to do with pregnancy and labour, I feel like it's very specific and. Um, for me, learning more and more about that has helped immensely so that I know that, yes, I have a plan, I want to have a natural birth, I want to go and be in a bath and have my midwife there and, um, you know, do, do my best, do whatever I can uh, without drugs and, and just to, you know, like I said, do my best. That's all I can do. But I also know that that may not happen and that's really given me a lot of strength because I have to be okay with the fact that I don't have control over this and and that you know things might not work out the way that I had hoped and it could be something very simple that sends me off to hospital or means that I have to go in for you know an emergency cesarean god forbid but that's okay you know um I'm reading a book at the moment I'm kind of skimming some bits I love some bits of it and other bits really bother me um but she starts the book by really telling women that however they have their baby is fine you know (laughs) it's it's not within your control all the time so if you want to be drugged up and you don't want to feel the pain and and that makes you feel safe and secure and confident do it if you want to you know be um, you know, the, the hippie-driven kind of earth mum and do it like I hope to with no drugs and, you know, with a bath and with some fantastic support, then then do that. It doesn't matter. One of the biggest things about having a baby is that you have autonomy over that. You have choice. You can you can make whatever decisions you want. I love my midwife because she, she tells me what is done, you know, what's the done thing, and she goes, you can refuse that, you know. Um, I was really disappointed. I opened up a vitamin K brochure that I had got from the hospital. Um, and I was really fascinated by this whole vitamin K thing. You know, it's not something I've ever had to think about before. And I opened up the brochure and it pretty much, you know, told me that, 
if if I don't give the baby vitamin K, it'll die. And I just thought, what kind of information is that? <laughs> How is that helpful to anyone? I, you know, that's not the case. And um, it was really frustrating to see that some of that power and some of that decision making is is still trying to be taken away from mums. <clears throat> and I understand why. I understand that to educate the public in the masses is difficult for complex things but a lot of people are interested in information and um the truth and you know and making a decision based on their their own knowledge and um and what they have been able to gather and learn so to have that information not available in that brochure i just thought how irresponsible that's all i'll say on that one of the things that, you know, everyone asks is, are we going to vaccinate? And this is a huge controversy and um, something that I, I, you know, have chosen over the years not to speak on publicly. Um, you know, I didn't have a baby. I don't have an opinion. Uh, it's all very <laughs> controversial and convoluted and, and all those things. But what I will say is that I am very pro-choice. I think that everyone should have a choice in um, how and if they vaccinate their children. Um, and for us, we, are, you know, we are doing as much research and gathering as much information as we can to make those decisions moving forward. One of the very frustrating things is that the opposite thing happens. So, you know, you've got the vitamin K brochure that I just mentioned. What happens with vaccinations is really you try to look for information and all you can find is either vaccinate or your child will die. Or do not vaccinate or your child will die for all of these reasons. So very dogmatic, no grey areas, very little research um, in terms of the facts, you know. And if you do find somebody who's willing to tell you the facts, it's it's still very emotion-fueled and it's difficult to gather simple information that will allow you to make a decision. Very, very frustrating. It's like you have to be some pioneer of research to find out anything helpful. Um, for us, we will vaccinate, but we will be particular about um, which vaccines we move forward with, and that is completely completely our choice, and it's completely your choice as well. Um, I was fully vaccinated as a child. I did. I studied nuclear medicine, worked in, you know, had to work in hospitals, so... You have to be vaccinated. I have the luxury now of working in my own clinic, so um, I don't do that anymore for myself. But um, certainly when Sam and I were both in hospitals, you you have to be vaccinated. That's just how it is in Australia. And, um, you know, that's a whole other issue. Uh, but for Bubba's, you have a choice. It's your child. Um, and, you know, there's lots and lots of things going on at the moment that, maybe are trying to take that choice away from you, such as, you know, not getting a rebate for daycare if your child isn't vaccinated, um, which a lot of people don't know about until they go to put their bubble in daycare and and can't. Um, well, can, but have to pay extremely uh, extreme premiums compared to, you know, if, if they got that rebate. So very interesting uh, doing all the research and looking into that and very tiring as well and something that you really probably don't want to have to be doing when you're exhausted and about to go into your third trimester of um, pregnancy. Do not fret, there's time, but 
you know, I say that, but then I had to make a decision on vitamin K because they do that when baby comes out. And, um, you know, recently I couldn't go and visit some, um, some friends of mine had a barber and I couldn't go and visit cause I will not get the whooping cough vaccination. So, um, yeah, you know, difficult, really difficult situation because on the other spectrum, I have a very good friend who, who doesn't want anybody to come over who has had that vaccination when she has her baba. So I have really have people on both ends of the spectrum and very different points of view. I think all you can do is what you think is best for your baby. And that is, you know, that is always, always, always the, the best thing that you can do for your baby is what you think is best. Um, and I have no, no trouble saying that. Even if it's something that maybe I wouldn't do, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So I think um, that's my pregnancy podcast. I don't, you know, I don't want to do a whole lot of technical information. I don't think that anybody has really asked me that or been interested in that. <clears throat> They're just interested in what I'm doing, being pregnant, <laughs> and maybe what I plan to do and um, what maybe they can do when they get pregnant. Um, oh, something else that, you know, I was going to mention is that I had a, a client ask me about kombucha during pregnancy and kefir water and stuff like that. And, um, they had stopped having fermented foods cause they were a bit worried about baba. Um, and you know, for me, that's definitely not the case. All of that fermented goodness is so important. What happens when baby comes out of your vaginal tract is that he or she will, uh, the mouth will fill with a lot of the good bacteria from your vaginal canal. And, you know, that means that you need to have a very good immune base and a very good um, gathering of bugs down there, which will form baby's immune system. So all of that fermented food that, you know, as long as it's safe, you know, if you're making it at home, it looks a bit dodgy, then probably don't do it. But that's why we teach people to make, make it at home safely. And it's very easy to do safely. Um, that's that's something that's really important and that, um, you know, you shouldn't be scared off doing because you're pregnant. So that is fine. Good probiotics, if you are worried, will replace that. You can do that. That's, that's totally fine. Um, if you have any questions, then email me. It's info at ngherbs.com.au. You can always go to the website and, you know, do a bit of stalking, www.mgherbs.com. And um, thank you so much to everybody who sends in their questions and their queries and, you know, grabs me at the gym or grabs me in yoga because um, I love it. Like it's, you know, it, it really keeps me connected to you guys and, and hopefully vice versa. Um, so, yeah, please send me, send me in stuff if you want. It was so good to chat to you and I'll um, talk to you in a fortnight. And we've got some really cool uh, guests coming up over the next fortnight. And the gut blueprint is coming out. So keep your eye out for the book. If you haven't pre-ordered, jump on the website and do so. And, um, I'll, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.